Happy day, Rosal Garcia with Why Jesus. Hoping that you are having a terrific sunray day. That you are feeling the warmth of the sunrays that you can catch today. If, if you don't see the sunrays, I hope that you can envision that and feel it anyways. That you do have a chance to help yourself feel special and important because you are. Um, welcome everyone. I am happy to be with you today. Um, today's episode feels a little heavy in the sense that whenever we talk about things like Easter and what that means for everyone, you know, you get different opinions, but because we focus so much on just Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, it can be a heavy subject, not something that is easily understood, but that is heavily felt um, in my heart, and so it overwhelms me. And so I'm hoping that I will be able to keep my composure with you and still be able to get my personal message across to you about how I feel about Jesus Christ during this Easter season. So let's dig right into it. Um, so... For all of you out there that do not know what we are doing here, we are following the Come, Follow Me manual uh, put out by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And this year we are covering the books of Doctrine and Covenants. Last year we did uh, the Book of Mormon, and the previous year, which is the first time it ever came out, was the New Testament. So I am... On the week of Easter week, and it covers the dates of March 29th through April 4th. And it's Easter, and it is titled, I am he who liveth, I am he who was slain. And that is on the Come Follow Me manual that you can find at Desert Books. Or you can download the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints app and do a library search and it will populate and find the Easter week. Or you can go on LDS.org and also do a library search for Come Follow Me and follow along. So, I love all the scriptures that are presented on this particular lesson. And the hymn that is presented here is the I Know That My Redeemer Lives. And I could never get through that hymn without just bawling because I am truly able to feel the love of the Savior for me. And so I am hoping that you 
will be able to feel the same. Um, because he really does feel the same about you and everybody. Um, and I think the closest we can come to understand how that may be possible to do is that when you become a parent, you love your children so much, you would do anything for them. You would try to have them not go through the pains and trials that we have gone through. You would just, they are your world, and you would jump over hoops to just make their life the best that it can be. And so we can literally say that we love them unconditionally and we love them exactly how they are and that we love them the same. I know that sometimes we don't show that we love them the same, but I know deep in our heart we feel the same love for all of them. And so... Jesus Christ and God our Father feel the same way about us. So it's hard to fathom how they can do that with the billions of people that are living, that have lived, and that are yet to live. But they do it because they are perfect and almighty, all-powerful, and they've given us a portion of their spirit, their love, their gifts, their talents, because we are his, their um, children, their heirs. Um, and just like our children get our DNA and get some of our good traits and qualities and all of that, we too have some of those innate qualities of God our Father and our brother Jesus Christ. So let us move along on this lesson, um, hoping that this Easter is a fabulous one for you, filled of the love of God for you and your family. So it says here, April 3rd, 1836 was Easter Sunday after helping administer the sacrament to saints gathered in the newly dedicated Kirtland Temple. Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery found a quiet place behind a veil in the temple and bowed in silent prayer. Then on this sacred day when Christians everywhere were commemorating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, himself appeared in his temple declaring I am he who liveth and I am he who was slain and that scripture was recorded because obviously you have a vision like this you need to record it as part of the current happenings of the church and so that's exactly what it says here on Doctrine and Covenants 110 verse 4 I am the first and the last I am he who liveth I am he who was slain I am your advocate with the Father 
I love that scripture. We're going to dig into what that means, that he is the advocate with the Father. He says, what does this mean to say that Jesus Christ is he who liveth? It doesn't just mean that he rose from the tomb on the third day and appeared to his Galilean disciples. It means that he lives today. He speaks through prophets today. He leads his church today. He heals wounded souls and broken hearts today so that we can echo the words of Joseph Smith's powerful testimony after the many testimonies which have been given of him this is a testimony which we give of him that he lives we can hear his voice in these revelations i am going to read that section to you doctrine and covenants 7622 and that says and now, after the many testimonies which have been given of him, this is the testimony last of all which we give of him, that he lives. He is here. He lives in that he is experiencing life, not at the level we are, obviously, but that he is working on bringing us all home. He did the sacrifice, which will help us all get there if we follow it, but he's preparing to come back and to still continue to push that plan forward. And so he lives, he has to be alive to accomplish it all and so um, he says we can witness his hand in our lives and we can each feel the joy that this sentence gives that I know that my Redeemer lives and my soul feels that I don't I hope that you get to the point where your soul feels that and you probably already do. Um, and that gives me strength and hope. Because he has a better life prepared for all of us. This life that we have right now on the earth is a probationary life. It's just a stepping stone to eternities. Uh, we were to come here and be tested as to who we choose to follow and the deeds that we choose to do and the thoughts that we choose to think and, you know, everything that we choose to engage in mentally, physically, and spiritually in um, decides what we want for the next life. And so... This is definitely not everything, but I know that sometimes or most of the time we do feel like it is, and so we tend to focus more on what this world is offering 
rather than on preparing for the next world or the next life, which is life eternal, that is where the, you know, will be done. That will be eternity. And this one is restricted by however many years we'll live here. And so I want to explain to you more about this plan and they have broken it into a couple of sections. So the first one is called Jesus Christ Lives. The second one is called Because of Jesus Christ I Will Be Resurrected. The third, Jesus Christ Accomplished a Perfect Atonement. And um, the one that I want to focus is more personal to me um, and it talks about um, how the apostles and prophets feel about him and basically uh, it is outlined in the hymn called I Know That My Redeemer Lives and I am going to focus on that part at the end so Let us dig in into the scriptures that tell us who Jesus Christ is and, and you know, the fact that he lives. And so in Doctrine and Covenants, it says, The prophet Joseph Smith saw the risen Savior several times, and two of these experiences are recorded on the Doctrine and Covenants. And so it says here, we're going to read some of that section, um, but not entirely. There's so much that you can get lost in all of this. But I want to touch upon the ones that I think will clarify, um, you know, what the importance of Jesus Christ is. It says here, Lift up your hearts and be glad, for I am in your midst, and I am your advocate with the Father, and it is his good will to give you the kingdom. What a beautiful scripture. I love this. And it's found on Doctrine and Covenants 29, verse 5. Lift up your hearts and be glad, for I am in your midst. And I am your advocate with the Father, and it is His good will to give you the kingdom. I hope you engrave that in your heart, because it makes me smile just to know that is true. I know it's true. I feel it in every fiber of my being. Next scripture. But behold, verily, verily, I say unto you that, the, that mine eyes are upon you. I am in your midst, and ye cannot see me. Isn't that a great thing to know? He is among us, but we cannot see him because he's. we are not prepared to see him. Let's put it that way. Next one. Behold and hearken, O ye elders of my church, saith the Lord your God, even Jesus Christ, 
your advocate who knoweth the weakness of man and how to succor them who are tempted. He knows our weaknesses and he knows how to help those that are tempted, those that fall to temptation daily. That's you and I. I love that. It says here on the next one. All right, let's see if I can move to the next one here. I'm not opening it fast enough, so I apologize. So, those are the main ones that I want you to focus on is that he lives. He's here. He's among us. He knows where we're at in life and what we're going through. And he has paid the price to get us back. And I love that whole have prospect of it. Um, the next section, because of Jesus Christ, I will be resurrected. And I'm taken to back to a time when my firstborn was being baptized, and he was eight years old. And as a sweet little boy, he was so fixated on the resurrection. I mean, I anything that you talk to him about the gospel or about Jesus Christ didn't matter to him or at least it was not something that he wanted to um, express his opinion on. The only thing that he focused on and the only reason why he knew he wanted to be baptized is because he had felt in his heart that Jesus had died and that he was resurrected and that because he was resurrected he himself my son knew that he would someday live again even you know after he died and so it, when I asked him why do you want to be baptized what um why is it important for you um and his whole face smiled and his eyes beamed. And he said, Mom, because I get to be alive again after I die. I, I, I will be resurrected. And he could barely even say the word. Um, and and to him it meant that he would have life forever and and that is true and i am so delighted that at 8 years old that was the only thing that mattered to him um it, it is almost like he didn't care what he went through in life because he knew that whatever happened here wasn't the end that he was going to live after um, 
And so I hope that you know and feel the same way yourself. The scriptures here, it says, because of Jesus Christ, I will be resurrected. The scriptures that focus on that are the following. Let's see if I can open this. But behold, verily, I say unto you, before the earth shall pass away, Michael, mine archangel, shall sound his trump, and then shall all the dead awake. For their grave shall be opened, and they shall come forth, yea, even all. And the righteous shall be gathered on my right hand unto eternal life. And the wicked on my left hand will I be ashamed to own before the Father. Thou shalt live together in love, insomuch that thou shalt weep for the loss of them that die, and more especially for those that have not hope of a glorious resurrection. And it shall come to pass that those that die in me shall not taste of death, for it shall be sweet unto them. What? You know, most of us are sorely afraid of dying but he's saying that those that follow him that death will be sweet unto them I some days I feel like yes I'm ready for the next life please bring it on and I can almost feel like yeah I'm looking forward to that so maybe that's what that means the next one says now verily, verily, I say unto you that through the redemption which is made for you is brought to pass the resurrection of the dead. And the spirit and the body are the soul of man. And the resurrection from the dead is the redemption of the soul. And the redemption of the soul is through him that quickeneth all things, in whose bosom it is decreed that the poor and the meek of the earth shall inherit it. For notwithstanding they die, they shall all rise again, a spiritual body. They who are of celestial spirit shall receive the same body which was a natural body. Even ye shall receive your bodies, and your glory shall be that glory by which your bodies are quickened. Ye who are quickened by a portion of the celestial glory shall be then received of the same, even a fullness and they who are quickened by a portion of the terrestrial glory shall then receive the same even a fullness and also they who are quickened by a portion of the celestial glory shall then receive the same even a fullness what this means just so you know most people think of uh, after this life there is only heaven and hell is what they call it. Well, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints believes through these scriptures that we're reading and through others, including the New Testament and the Old Testament, that there are three degrees of glory uh, and what people call hell, we call 
outer darkness, which would be the fourth place. So the three that were described here are celestial kingdom, the terrestrial kingdom, and the telestial kingdom. Celestial, you know, the brightness of the sun, glory type of thing. The terrestrial um, is the brightness of the, you know, moon, which is the next brightest to us. And then the telestial is the brightness of the stars. Uh, they're all degrees of glory. So you and I, depending on how we lived here and the choices we made, we will fall into one of those um, degrees of glory. We will all be resurrected. Outer darkness, in which we're, I would like to call total hell, is completely separate and prepared for the ones that truly despised Jesus Christ and worked against him and against his plan and in bringing down every person on the face of the earth that they did their best to obliterate the souls of all of us. There's a few special people that have done that and that is reserved one of them being Satan and all of his minions will be there um, and hopefully none of us get to go there um, because hopefully we heed the spirit of God that is in all of us um, and the spirit of Christ because it does beckon us it's called a conscience we know right from wrong and that is them calling us to say Hmm, you know better. Your spirit, when it lived with us, would never have chosen that because we taught you what is true and correct and what is love and what is all the good that you would need to find again on the earth. And so I love, love, love this scripture that tells us that there's three degrees of glory that you and I will be heading to. Um, the next one, let's see here. I just don't wanna read the same to you and I kind of feel like I can't separate them sometimes. It says here, now verily, verily I say unto you that through the redemption which is made for you is brought to pass the resurrection from the dead Oh, I did read this one. See, sorry. Uh, let me see if I can see the one that I'm not reading. And I keep touching upon the same one because they're so close together that my fingers just touched the wrong one. Doctrine and Covenants 98, 93, 33, 34. For man is spirit, the elements are eternal, and spirit and element inseparably connected receive a fullness of joy. 
and when separated, man cannot receive a fullness of joy. And so when we die, we are separated from our spirit, uh, excuse me, from our body. And so we cannot receive the fullness of the joy. That is the whole purpose of the resurrection, is to reunite the body and the spirit again, but in perfect form, meaning whatever disability we had, whatever uh, sicknesses we had, whatever tormented us mentally uh, and emotionally, everything will be gone that afflicted us in the flesh and in our minds um, will be perfect. We will have perfect memory. Um, we will understand where we came from spiritually before our earthly life. I mean, we will be able to see everything that we cannot see currently and that's why we get so lost and confused in this world so i am looking forward to that day and so all of that will be brought upon through his resurrection and that is I, my little eight-year-old i'm sure in his big spirit at that time could understand this and I just found it so incredibly daunting that he got it that early. Um, it says here, Joseph Smith knew how it feels to mourn the death of loved ones. Two of his brothers, Alvin and Don Carlos, died as young men. Joseph and Emma buried six children each younger than two years old but from the revelation he received joseph gained an eternal perspective on death and god's eternal plan can you imagine i mean i know of families that have lost a child or a loved one and it is always so painful I've lost family members myself um, and yes it is you know life without him seems so empty especially at those times when they you know recently departed and we are in mourning but we need to learn to see death as he's described it on these lessons that is just a short separation that we will be in our physical bodies again and be able to reunite and see our loved ones and family again but can you imagine going through the travesty of losing two brothers and then six of your own children while you lived here and literally living through hell because he claimed and he knew that he had seen God the Father in Jesus Christ. He was persecuted from the day he opened his mouth to say that to the day that he was killed for it. And in between, he lost two brothers and he lost six children. 
I cannot even imagine that level of sacrifice and that level of pain of feeling your very loved ones depart and going through that grieving process eight times in your short life um, because he lived a short life. So God showed him <clears throat> that he needed to look forward to the better days when he would be reunited with his family um, and showed him what the plan was and how perfect and beautiful it was so that you and I can understand it as well. So I'm so grateful <clears throat> for those scriptures that say that. Um, and it says right here, uh, I, I believe I read this to you, where um, Jesus Christ was saying that he, we, uh, we will all be resurrected uh, and that he was advocating for us. And I'm just going to read this one again. Thou shalt live together in love in so much that thou shalt weep for the loss of them that die, and more especially for those that have not hope of a glorious resurrection. And it shall come to pass that those that die in me shall not taste of death, for it shall be sweet unto them. And, um, you know, we, we have hope in the in the life to come um, because of him. And so there's a scripture that I wanted to read on, let's see where it is. It says here, remember the worth of souls is great in the sight of God. For behold, the Lord your Redeemer suffereth death in the flesh, wherefore he suffereth the pains of all men, that all men might repent and come unto him. And he hath risen again from the dead, that he might bring all men unto him on conditions of repentance. And how great is his joy in the soul that repenteth. So, Jesus Christ needed to give us the gift of resurrection so that we can feel the fullness and complete fullness of joy that we will feel when we have a perfect body again. And then to be determined will be where we will live in those three degrees of glory. But he's saying right here that that was all possible through his death and sacrifice for us. And so because he saw the worth of our souls, that means the most to him. He did not want one soul to be lost. And if you guys remember in the scriptures, it says that he will leave the 99 sheep that are safely in the you know, corral, and he will go after the one sheep that was lost until he finds it. 
that is how he feels about you and I. The worth of souls is the greatest to him, and he thrills at the soul that repents and wants to come back to the fold. And I love that imagery of him being the good shepherd and calling on all of us. The next scripture that tells us of his sacrifice and love says, For behold, I, God, have suffered these things for all, that they might not suffer if they would repent. But if they would not repent, they must suffer even as I, which suffering caused myself, even God, the greatest of all, to tremble because of pain and to bleed at every pore and to suffer suffer both body and spirit and would that I might not drink the bitter cup and shrink. Nevertheless, glory be to the Father and I partook and finished my preparations unto the children of men. Wow. He went through the most miserable life experience of being despised and hated and crucified and spit upon and tortured but to actually pay for every sin that you and I committed was a spiritual I don't even know what to call it torture that made him bleed from every pore for him to be able to experience all that pain and suffering that you and I have gone through in our lives he lived through all of that so that he could understand where we're at in life when we feel all alone he's the only one that can say I understand nobody else on the earth can say that only he understands because he lived through that pain with you and he paid the price to heal you and to reclaim you in glory in the next life if you choose to accept him. And so I love how vivid this scripture is and the I don't know if I want to call it a warning but I could not imagine me wanting to go through this it says for behold I God have suffered these things for all that they might not suffer if they would repent that you and I might not suffer if we repent but if they would not repent, they must suffer even as I. Who wants that? I sure don't. So guess what? I am working hard, left and right, to repent as much as I can of everything that I do that I should not be doing. Because I don't, I, I don't like pain. And so I will jump through hoops and do what I'm supposed to so I don't feel the pain. And I am grateful 
that I have experienced glorious peace in the midst and the worst of my times here on earth. And it only is possible because I decided to accept him. And accepting him has truly shielded me from even more pain than I'm sure would have destroyed me by now if I didn't have him. So I believe that's what he is trying to say on those scriptures there. Or better yet, that I'm trying to relate to those scriptures there. The next scripture on DNC 45, 3-5. Listen to him who is the advocate with the Father, who is pleading your cause before him, saying, Father, behold the sufferings and death of him who did no sin, in whom thou was well pleased. Behold the blood of thy Son, which was shed, the blood of him, who thou gavest, that thyself might be glorified. Wherefore, Father, spare these my brethren that believe on my name, that they may come unto me and have everlasting life. Do you hear him pleading for you and I with God our Father? Visualize that time in your life when one of your little brothers or sisters did something they shouldn't have and mom or dad or both were going to punish that child and you pleaded and you begged for them not to punish that child. This is exactly how Jesus Christ is pleading with God our Father for you and I. He has paid the price, and he, only he has the right to plead for you and I, nobody else. And so I love this visual that I got when I read that. The last one says, these are they who are just men made perfect through Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, who wrought out this perfect atonement through the shedding of his own blood. These are they whose bodies are celestial, whose glory is that of the sun, even the glory of God, the highest of all, whose glory the sun of the firmament is written as being typical. So that gives us a little glimpse of the perfect sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for you and I. It is more than one thing. It is divided in several ways to encompass the whole plan that was made for you and I to get back to their presence again. And so I hope that you are able to feel how important that sacrifice was, but he did it for the love of us and our souls in a willingness to give us a better life in, out of this body that we have in this earth. 
so that we can experience the next life as we choose it. And hopefully we choose to live with them again because they want us all there. And the plan is laid out before you and I to get on it and to work on it. They want us to prepare for the next life through the experiences we're living here. Not to just think that this is it, that there's no life after this. That is horrible. And that is probably why people have such fear of this virus and the stuff that is going on. Because they look at death as, okay, I, you know, don't want to go there. But there's more than death that awaits us. And it's going to be glorious when he returns again to bring to pass that resurrection and that final judgment where it will be decided where you and I get to live for eternities. I am going to read the last part of this focuses on uh, the part of the song that I wanted or the hymn I wanted to read to you, but I wanted you to know that this Come Follow Me manual says maybe when you read these scriptures you need to kind of think about them this way and they break it down in three ways so I'm going to see if this helps you it says one way um, why did Jesus Christ choose to suffer and we kind of answer that through the scriptures because he loved us so much that every soul is precious unto him he did not want any one of us to be lost and he was willing to go through the pain so that you and I didn't have to if we repented he wanted to give us the opportunity to wipe our life clean and start over on the path towards God again so the answer to that is he loves us he didn't want us to go through pain but most importantly it was a gift of repentance and cleaning ourselves again in life to start on the path number two what must I do to receive the blessings of his sacrifice well we are to accept him as our savior and his sacrifice for us how do we accept that by repenting wanting to change our lives completely with that that is what repentance is to by doing the things that he taught us which is baptism and confirmation and then living the commandments on best that we can the rest of our lives which encompasses loving our neighbor and serving our fellow man. So, baptism and confirmation by those that have the authority to baptize us with the priesthood of Aaron and the priesthood of Melchizedek, which is the one that confirms the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, 
we are supposed to act on it physically, not just say, I've accepted you. Third, how can I tell if his atonement is having an effect in my life? Well, I don't know how others can tell, but I'll tell you the way I can tell. It is working in my life when I can have peace in the midst of all this confusion, in the midst of all my hectic schedule, I can find peace in Him through His scriptures, through going to church, through listening to these hymns that uplift my soul. I know that His sacrifice is working for my life because I'm able to have joy despite the chaos, despite everything that goes wrong in our world. And you'll find that you just feel he is in the midst helping us daily. And that is just a joy that gets me through my days. So that's how I can tell. I am going to finally share with you the hymn that means so much to me. And it's um, the apostles and prophets have all shared their testimony of Jesus Christ and how they feel about him. But, And I know that on Easter, everyone kind of tunes in and to try and learning more about Jesus Christ and who he is and what he means for us. But I'm here to tell you that you have to experience that on a daily basis in order for you to feel more of his power in your life. It can't be a, just a one-time thing that we remember during Easter. I certainly love the fact that we celebrate it, thankfully, but it is the small and simple things of praying daily, reading your scriptures daily, even if it's just a verse, uh, focusing on the goodness um, of life that he's provided for us, having just an outlook that everybody is our brother and sister and we should love them and treat them like we want to be treated and serve them like we want others to serve us. And it just have, do all the things that will spiritually strengthen you and put on the armor of God on you. That is how we experience his atonement on our daily life. It just gets compounded through every action that we add to that. And you feel it so much stronger in your daily life when you are able to do the small and simple things. That is my recommendation to you. So the hymn, um, I know that my Redeemer lives, really just hits every T to the nail. Oh, just, just is exactly how I feel about the Savior. So I am going to read that to you. And after that, I probably will not be in a composure or state of mind to wish you 
uh, happy Easter to wish you the best that God and Jesus Christ have to offer you because it will be the best not only in this life but it will be the best on the life to come and so God bless you and all of your loved ones and may God help you feel their unconditional love for you and your loved ones is my wish and my prayer for you this Easter so I know that my Redeemer lives I know that my Redeemer lives what comfort this sweet sentence gives he lives he lives who once was dead he lives my ever-living head he lives to bless me with his love he lives to plead for me above he lives my hungry soul to feed he lives to bless in time of need he lives to grant me rich supply he lives to guide me with his eye he lives to comfort me when faint he lives to hear my soul's complaint he lives to silence all my fears he lives to wipe away my tears he lives to calm my troubled heart he lives all blessings to impart he lives my kind wise heavenly friend he lives and loves me to the end he lives and while he lives i'll sing he lives my prophet priest and king he lives and grants me daily breath he lives and I shall conquer death. He lives my mansion to prepare. He lives to bring me safely there. He lives all glory to his name. He lives my Savior still the same. Oh sweet, the joy this sentence gives. I know that my Redeemer lives. He lives all glory to his name. He lives my Savior still the same. Oh, sweet, the joy this sentence gives. I know that my Redeemer lives. This is Rosa Garcia with why Jesus signing off.